Good morning from Beirut, Lebanon. This is Mina Now. It's Friday, November 20th, and this is your morning briefing. Starting off with the main news in Lebanon today, with the cabinet deadlock dragging on with no end in sight, Prime Minister-designate Sadr Hariri reportedly plans to name those obstructing his attempts to form the specialist government if the delay continues, according to a statement by a future movement member of parliament made on Thursday. Future movement member of parliament Mohammad Hajjar told the Daily Star that, quote, Prime Minister Sadr Hariri will act to name those obstructing the formation. He will not allow things to remain in a state of standstill. The Lebanese pound was reportedly trading at around 8,450 Lebanese pound on the black market yesterday as Lebanon continues its political and economic freefall. After trading for 8,050 Lebanese lira on Wednesday, market traders started selling the dollar for 8,500 Lebanese lira and buying it for around 8,450 Lebanese lira on the black market. This quick and worrying decline in the value of the Lebanese pound reflects the sentiment of hopelessness resulting from the delayed cabinet formation process. In a meeting with UNIFIL's head of mission, Major General Stefano, President Michel Aoun urged the correction of the UN demarcated blue line and stressed the necessity of correcting the borderline between Lebanon and Israel to make it conform with the internationally recognized land borders, according to local media. This meeting comes after a series of indirect negotiations with Israel to delineate the maritime border with Lebanon. On expressed hope that these negotiations would be fruitful and that Lebanon will, quote, restore all its rights based on international law. Following up on the waste plant worker strikes in Saida, yesterday marks the fourth consecutive day of the open strike that saw a number of people dump trash bags at the doors of Saida municipalities to protest the accumulation of garbage in the streets, resulting from the Saini waste plant workers' refusal to pick up the garbage until their wages were raised and paid in full. Now, Waste Company, NTCC, was reported to be clearing the trash from the streets yesterday after an agreement with the Saida mayor. However, the Saini workers had promised to block the garbage trucks' entry to the site. Rounding up the news in Lebanon today, after Lebanon refused to sign the final pledge of the second global conference on media freedom, Foreign Minister Shadbel Wahibi took to Twitter to disclose the real reasons behind Lebanon's controversial refusal, stating that he, quote, had reservations about some clauses that contradict Lebanese laws, which were apparently concerned with including marginalized groups in the media, more specifically the LGBTQI plus community. Wehibi claims that this clause is inconsistent with the Lebanese law, implying that the local law criminalizes the presence of the LGBTQI plus community in the media and probably even their existence in society, which is a falsehood since there are no Lebanese laws explicitly criminalizing the community in that sense. And shifting to the second segment of this episode, the region at a glance, first off, in another rushed foreign policy move by the Trump administration, the United States will endeavor to label the boycott, divestment and sanctions BDS campaign a non-violent 
grassroots movement which seeks to economically isolate Israel over its treatment of the Palestinians as anti-Semitic. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said, In a joint appearance with Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu in Jerusalem, Pompeo added that Washington will regard the global anti-Israel BDS campaign as anti-Semitic. He quotes, We want to stand with all other nations that recognize the BDS movement for the cancer that it is. Pompeo also went to visit the Golan Heights, a territory captured by Israel away from Syria as part of his Middle East tour, and stated that, quote, You can't stand here and stare out at what's across the border and deny the central thing that President Donald Trump recognized, what the previous presidents have refused to do, adding that this is part of Israel. Trump had recognized the Israeli occupation of the Golan Heights back in March after signing a decree with Netanyahu at the White House. Tehran rejects a United Nations resolution that calls for upholding the rights of those involved in the protests in Iran last year. The resolution was adopted last week within the third committee of the UN General Assembly, which deals with human rights and was presented by Canada. It calls for the release of Iranian protesters arrested during the November 2019 protests and added that Iran should address the poor conditions of its prisoners. It also expressed serious concern about executions for drug-related crimes and against minors while urging Iran to respect its prisoners' basic human rights and end its widespread and systemic use of arbitrary arrests and detention. Now, according to Al Jazeera, Iran subsequently summoned the Italian ambassador to Tehran, who represents Canadian interests in the absence of formal diplomatic relations between Iran and Canada, to meet with officials at the foreign ministry who told the ambassador that Canada continues to refuse to offer consular services to 400,000 Iranians in the country and has become a safe haven for the world's economic offenders and financial criminals, referring to Iranians who fled from Iran to Canada due to accusations of economic corruption. Amnesty International, a United Kingdom-based rights group, recently urged member states of the Group of 20 G20 to call on the Saudi Kingdom to release its jailed women's rights activists in a statement released on Thursday. Lean Malouf, Amnesty International's Deputy Regional Director for the Middle East and North Africa, also stated that, quote, for Saudi authorities, the G20 summit is critical. It is a moment for them to promote their reform agenda to the world and show their country is open for business. While she adds Saudi Arabia's real reformers are behind bars. The women's rights activists Lujain al-Hatloul, Nasima al-Sada, Samar Badawi, Nouf Abdelaziz and Maya al-Zahirani were arrested in 2018, right before Saudi Arabia lifted its ban on female drivers. Rounding up the news in the region, the Iraqi city and government of Basra continues to suffer from an alarmingly high poverty rate, with now almost 40% of residents living below the poverty line, according to the Office of the High Commission for Human Rights. The UN had previously warned back in May that the poverty rate in the country as a whole would double to 40% this year. Echoing a similar statement made by the former Iraqi planning minister Nouri al-Duleni, who predicted in May as well that the coronavirus pandemic would cause Iraq's poverty rate to rise by over 20%.
Having said this, we have now reached the end of Mina Now's podcast episode. Thank you so much for your time. And as always, don't forget to subscribe. I'll be here every morning. This is Mina Now.